0: Welcome to View from Military Mind Daily Views, your 30-minute podcast on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, bringing you the hottest topics of the day from the viewpoint of a military mind. It's a production of Valkyrie Productions and View from Military Mind Podcast, brought to you on Saturdays for a one-hour time. Today's topics are going to be National Guard and the TRICARE, is it really worth the time? And we're going to go through some of the things that the Chief of National Guard Bureau put out for the National Guard troops. We're also going to take a look at, can POTUS adjourn or convene Congress? Does he have the authority? We'll get into it and the articles that cover that. And then we'll go into Congress with their back to work plan. In the last segment, we'll have my views from my military mind about the lockdown protests that are going on right now. Are they going to accomplish anything, and are they entirely necessary? Now, you can reach View from Military Mind, whether it's Daily Views or The Weekend Podcast at viewformmilitarymind.com click on the button at the bottom you can send us a quick email or contact us direct at vfamm2020 at gmail.com be more than happy to have you participate drop in your comments and suggestions tell us what you'd like to hear if we're doing it right if we're doing it wrong by all means support us bring us on along a little ahead of time news for people starting next week uh, one week from today, we will start doing live on YouTube. Uh, that way, all you YouTubers out here who don't like a whole lot of audio but would like to have a video to go with it, will be on YouTube with you. Just look up View from Military Mind on YouTube. You can go to our website, viewfrommilitarymind.com, and it'll give you a, a date and a time when that's actually going to start. Or write us at vfamm2020 at gmail.com, and by all means, we'll get that information to you. Before long, we're going to be looking at getting supporters and um, uh, some patrons to come out here and help us go with this. In the meantime, hang tight. We'll be right back to you here in just a little bit after the break. You move with strength and confidence, constantly aware of your surroundings. You know you're prepared to handle anything that comes your way. You have the training and the discipline. You think street, you practice the art, and you train in the sport. You are part of Combat Base Mississippi. Under the detailed and technical mentoring of Eric Spellman, first degree black belt, and Professor Chris Hoyter, fifth degree black belt, You can master the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and become the strong, confident person you want to be. Located at 3341 Highway 49 South in Florence, Mississippi, Eric can teach you and hone your skills in the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Give Eric a call at 601-316-3987 and find your path to strength and confidence. Think street, practice art, train sport at Combat Base, Mississippi. All right, welcome back. We'll get a little bit into the, the National Guard and this Title 32. For, you, for those of you out there that do not know what Title 32 is, it's part of uh, the United States Code that helps pay National Guardsmen on a federal basis, on a federal level. Um, it it helps the states out uh, with paying their, their National Guard soldiers when they're called up to things like this uh, coronavirus and COVID-19. Of course, you've been hearing a lot here lately about oh, the, the Title 32 orders are only 30 days long and I'm not getting, you know, health care and all this good stuff. And they're right. Uh, at 30 days, the order's cut off and you're not entitled to the same kind of health care benefits and uh, basic allowance for housing that your um, active duty and reserve uh, counterparts are entitled to. Uh, a little explanation on that. People are looking at, me, well, the Guard's a reserve unit. It is its actual title is Army Reserve National Guard, but we're not federalized troops in under the normal sense. Uh, the reserve troops you hear about, hear about, are federal troops. They are the reserves of the United States Army. Um, during normal days, uh, everyday activities, National Guardsmen are uh, under control of the individual states. No matter which state you're from, uh, you could be a Mississippi Guard or Alabama or. Illinois, Indiana, any one of the the 50 states in Washington, D.C., and uh, our possessions, they're all under the control of the governor and an appointed state adjutant, uh, adjutant general. So there's part of our mix right there. It's a political operation at the top. But that being said, that's neither here nor there at this point in time. Anyway, when President Trump did the Title 32 orders, he did them just for 30 days. And that did not give them the authorization to have federally mandated health care under TRICARE. And it only gave them a portion of the basic allowance for housing, or BAH, for that 30-day time period. So some of these guys were going to be in a world of a hurt if they're out there for more than 30 days trying to perform these duties under the uh, coronavirus or COVID-19 pandemic uh, on a call-up. So... There was a lot of bickering a lot of hollering. Of course, since that time, since they've come out, um, President Trump has extended those orders you know, to 31 days, so they're eligible uh, for their TRICARE and for their basic allowance for housing. So these guys that um, may have better-paying civilian jobs, but they've come to do their duty as they've been called to, can take care of their bills and take care of their families and are covered in case something happens. Now, another thing about this, If for some reason they had contracted COVID-19 while they were on duty under the old set of orders, there's a very good possibility that their personal insurance, if they had it, was going to have to cover that. So, because they didn't have the authorization for TRICARE. Now, a lot of states, majority of the states, uh, have not checked on the status of that, but the majority of the states have workman's comp, the uh, National Guardsmen, when they're on uh, state active duty orders, is, they're eligible for it for workman's comp protection, and a lot of us know how that works. That can be a cluster, so. But they are now. They're eligible for their Tricare. Uh, they're eligible for their their full their appropriate BAH. Now, uh, one thing that um, the chief of the National Guard Bureau put out uh, earlier today, earlier during the weekend, was that they would not have to pay anything out of pocket or go against their. Um, private insurance if they have it. Uh, sir, I hate to tell you that uh, you need to look at that again. If you have private insurance and TRICARE, they're going to go after your private insurance first. Uh, as far as out of pocket, the soldier himself may not have to put anything out of pocket, but your dependents are going to have to. They have co-pays and they have benefit levels that you have to work with with the TRICARE that they have authorized. so For you National Guardsmen out there that may be listening, look into your TRICARE before you start getting carried away with it. Make sure you know what you're getting. Uh, And I'm not saying turn it down. By all means, do not turn that TRICARE down. Take the TRICARE. It's there for a reason. You don't have to pay for it. But be aware you may... If you have private insurance that, you're, say, uh, the company you work for on the civilian side is going to continue to provide to you while you're gone on orders, which my company did, they're going to look at your private insurance as primary. Humana, Military, and TRICARE are good at this game, and they will damn sure get their money first. They're going to get it one way or the other. So look and see how that's going to work, and be aware if they start charging you or if they start hitting your primary, your, civilian insurance first. You know, TRICARE wasn't considered a primary. For those of you who don't have any insurance, you come on thirty-one days orders, you get TRICARE, keep an eye on it. Watch what you do like any other insurance guys. Just because it says it's you know you man a military, those are civilians running that game out there. So pay attention to what your TRICARE is. Make sure you get your command, your COC to explain it to you. For civilians out there, don't just follow blindly what you read or see or hear on the mainstream media or on the news of any type just because they say they don't have to take anything out of pocket or it's all provided. It's just like anything else. There's caveats to it. And if you know a guardsman or uh, a soldier out there that's getting ready to get on this strike here, tell him the same thing. Pay attention to what he's got going on. Look, in, look into it real good. Talk to his his NCOs and his officers and make sure he's fully aware of what's there. So that's my rant on that one. I just want everybody, uh, and it's like I say on my main show on Saturdays, educate yourself. Don't go blindly following into this stuff. Uh, No matter how long you've been in, I've seen uh, old, old guard personnel walk in, something new come out, oh, it's just so great, and they get slapped upside the head because they didn't bother to educate themselves. So educate yourselves. Don't play halfway with this. All right. Now, another little thing we were wanting to get into today, we were wanting to talking about um, the adjournment of Congress. Does POTUS have that authority to do so? Now, let's get into a little you know, background here uh, of why they're wanting to adjourn Congress. Uh, of course, POTUS is a little bit upset. So, and he was citing the coronavirus. You know, the president is threatening the unprecedented action of adjourning both houses of Congress, the Senate and the House. To entice the Senate to approve more of his nominees, you know, he hasn't been able to get all these nominees through. There's some of them's been, you know, two and a half years waiting to get approved up there. So he's, he, he's really reaching out here for this. Now, the Constitution does not smell out. Excuse me, does not spell out a unilateral power for the President to adjourn Congress. It states only that he can decide on adjournment if there is a dispute over it between the House and the Senate. Such a dis, and they're saying right now, AP News says there's there's no such disagreement right now. Now, under Article Two, Section Three, which is really that's the one that covers the president under Article Two, Section Three of the Constitution, to call a special session of Congress during a current adjournment. Now he can call them back in. He can reconvene the Congress if they're currently adjourned. He can also adjourn that Congress under Article 2, II, Section 3 of the Constitution. Now, they looked at this back in 1947-1948, and there was issues over it. Okay. It's it gets it to get into constitutional law, it really gets flaky. Um but he does have that authority, but only under certain circumstances, special circumstances, can he adjourn or convene Congress. He, he's got to have a certain situation. Of course, your left and your right, they're going to battle back and forth. You know, the, the left argues that Trump's complaints about Democrats delaying his nominees are incorrect and, his crit, is, and is critical of his proposal to adjourn Congress. Now if he adjourns congress if he goes through with this you know, under article 2 section 3 if he adjourns congress he can appoint those you know under special circumstance you know he can uh, he can appoint those people in there into their permanent positions while congress is adjourned okay that's the reason he's wanting to do that and he's threatening to do that now on the right hand side they're they're criticizing the democrats for de- delaying the confirmation of Trump's nominees, but they're generally skeptical of his proposal to adjourn Congress. They really don't want to see that happen. It's never been done before. Um, So, like I said, 1947, 1948, they talked about it, and they had a reading from the uh, assistant solicitor general about it. Uh, He wasn't uh, too sure that they could go ahead with it. In fact, at that time... The Assistant Solicitor General, uh, who is George T. Washington. Now, like I said, this is 1947-1948. While um, the the motives, let's see. You know, the Senate passed Concurrent Resolution 33, and it wasn't entirely clear why they were trying to do that other than try to stop the president from utilizing his authority under Article 2, Section 3. He said he concludes, therefore, that the president has the power under Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution, to call a special session of Congress during current adjournment. So it's been reviewed. DOJ has recently reviewed it. They have put it out there on their public websites, doj.gov, and you can read Article 2, Section 3. very vague. It says he can adjourn or convene a special session of Congress. Kind of interesting. So, and constitutional law is very vague as it is anyway. So, we'll have to wait and see how they come up with that. See if POTUS is going to go ahead and push. Um, to me, he's the commander in chief, so I'm not going to balk at him if he does it. Uh, but I, I would recommend, sir, let's take a look at what is more important at this point in time. Let's get this country back on track. Let's get us back in shape. Um. Uh, I understand he's wanting to get some people in place he feel, he deems or feels is important to the coronavirus and the response to it, but it hasn't been very forthcoming as to who those people are and what their importance to, that, uh, to this activity is. So, sir, as an advisor, I would tell you, tread carefully, review with your people you need to talk to, about what your forward action is. Don't go into this lightly or hot-headedly, which looks looks like what he's trying to do at this point in time. All right. And the next thing we're going to get into, and it just came out uh, here today, was the Congress's back-to-work plan. So give me a few minutes, or a few seconds, and we'll take a look at that Congressional... uh, caucuses back-to-work plan. We'll see if it's actually bipartisan. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lindsay Sterling, and I know what it's like to struggle with mental health issues. If you have a friend that's going through a tough time, now's the perfect moment to reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Alright, welcome back. Like I said, we'll get into a little bit about the, um, the the lawmakers unveiling their back-to-work plan for reopening the economy with emphasis on mass testing. Um, everybody out there should be pretty much, as far as I've seen in my talking to folks uh, in agreement, we need to get back to work. We need to get the economy back going. We need to get America back open. Um, being closed uh, is just really, really rough on us. Um, and like was said in our ad from Lindsey Sterling, you know, it, it affects people mentally. It gets to them. And let me say this real quick. By all means, if you know somebody that's having issues and having problems out there, are contemplating suicide, go talk to them, get them help. There's no reason to take your own life. There's a lot to live for out there, and there's a lot of people that are out there to help you and to support you, so by all means, get help. All right, on this back-to-work plan, they announced it today uh, that they had come up with a plan and was going to present it to everybody uh, let me get into to some of the, the protocols and stuff that they've got that they want. Um, you know, They said we need to accept the fact that even when you know, we reopen America, the coronavirus will be part of our society until we discover and disseminate a vaccine or some way to, to kill this thing. Uh, the key is to mitigate its impact and be prepared to handle new cases. And here are the following public health benchmarks that must be achieved to ensure we can reopen America early, or safely, excuse me. Uh, The the first thing they set out is their their operational protocols. Establish and implement public health-approved test best practices and protocols to follow, and best extinguish any viral hotspots identified post-opening of America. If you're unable to extinguish such hotspots, Have available public health approved and established operational protocols to contain such viral hotspots. If unable to contain the viral hotspots, have established fully agreed upon operational and actionable mitigation measures to arrest the transmission of the virus from traveling widespread beyond the viral hotspot. If you don't need to treat any, excuse me, backup, if you don't need to treat every community and sector the same, We can consider regional and industry-specific openings, but these are the minimum considerations before any openings. All right. They get into rapid and ubiquitous testing. You know, they they state they have to have a robust rapid testing system in place, including both proven serological testing for those who have developed antibodies and sound diagnostic testing to monitor the virus in the communities. Um, mass testing with rapid results and contact, tra- contact tracing databases. In other words, you know, have a database <clears throat> that's compliant with uh, HIPAA and CDC to track and distribute test results that come out. Next thing you look at is personal protective equipment. You need to make sure we've got an adequate supply, chain resources, and logistic delivery capability for personal protective equipment, N95 masks, goggles, gloves, um, even the infamous ventilators that uh, Governor Cuomo seems to be whining a whole lot about. <clears throat> you need to make sure we've got some kind of a logistical supply chain that is traceable for this. Uh, schools should have access to protective masks for all K-12 through 12 school children and teachers that are returning to school. Uh, at this point in time, uh, we're seeing the majority of our schools are not going to open until the fall uh, timeframe. So that that'll be time for that to be built up. Uh, real time health system capacity. We need na- need to make sure they have accessible real time reporting mechanisms that compile and distribute data to on state and local hospital capacities. We need to know what they've got available out there. You know. Do we need to shift some of these portable hospitals that have been built up? Uh, Do we need to move to somebody else's big um, convention center and set up more? Um, The uh, Army Corps of Engineers has been extremely agile and adaptive to getting these things built up in some very large um, convention centers. McCormick Place is one of them that comes to mind out of Chicago. That's a very large convention center with multiple sub-centers to it. So, and they've got a big availability there for a lot of beds, and they got into some of those, you know, when the Corps of Engineers was on the coronavirus briefing today from the White House, they were showing some of those. So we have the capabilities to surge uh, hospitals and treatment centers, things of that nature. get into frontline healthcare workers and must ensure that they have the regional and national staff- staffing levels of doctors, nurses, and technicians to handle another outbreak. Uh, as we know, watching the news, watching reports coming from around the world, even China, despite what they've been doing to us or been doing to the world, really, with their information, they're having a resurgence of this thing. So we need to be able to have the personnel on the ground, on hand, ready to move to handle a secondary outbreak. Um you know, it should they get immediately be in planning for ways to augment for a longer term frontline healthcare capacity to handle these future pandemics. So this is something to be done for now for the the coronavirus, but it also be something to be in place and planned for future because it's gonna happen. I mean we, we might as well just give it up. It's gonna happen. We're gonna have more outbreaks. Um Workplaces, you know, open for business, we'll need to figure out layouts and workspaces to maintain and require social distancing and appropriate PPE in those places. Uh, Secondary health care system demands and protocols, outpatient facilities, uh, tertiary care, uh, long-term care, nursing and veterans homes. Make sure they've got all the stuff that they need. So the basis or the basic uh, view or base, basic thing they're saying in this thing is, We've got to be prepared. We've got to have the equipment on hand. We've got to have it in place. You know, We've got to have the supply chain. We've got to be able to put in the travel restrictions needed if there's another outbreak uh, to take care of our country. But we need, in the process, to open our country back up and start making this money again because we can't keep paying for this off of uh, pre-printed money that's got no backing. Start building our stockpiles, back up our strategic stockpiles. Uh, prioritize the development of therapeutics and a vaccine. Get that at the front. We've got to keep cleaning and sanitizing. Uh, day-to-day health guidance. The CDC will deliver specific and strict guidance on what Americans need to follow when outside their home and in different settings. And we need to fund the health system. We've got to get the support there for the health system. These big corporate hospitals, this is my point, my viewpoint on it. This is from me, from, from what I'm seeing these big private run corporate hospitals need to step up and step in. Our hospitals and our our doctors and nurses and technicians and medics have all been doing an extremely great job but I'm wondering what these corporate hospital systems are doing to support it. They're part of the problem, they're part of the solution and they step up and start working with that solution. You know again they get into the resilient supply chains. So. You know that's what they want. You can see this. You can go on um, CDC.gov. They have it on there. Uh, it's called the Problem Solvers Caucus Reopening and Recovery Back to Work Checklist. Um, and go over that and see what you can do. What you think of it? See if you support it. Um, for the most part, from what I've read of it and from what I looked into it, I do support this thing. This is, we need to get back to work. Uh, we need to open our country back up. So. Do I think the POTUS will go with it? Yes, I do. He's very adamant about wanting to get this country back to back to work. He wants to see a way to get it going, to reopen our economy. Um, and I agree with him. He that the governors of the states need to get a handle on this and get moving with this. They know their states intimately. I don't expect our president to know every intricacy of all fifty states and our possessions in Washington, D.C. He's probably familiar with Washington. He's probably got a familiarity with New York, maybe Florida. But he's right in putting the onus of this on the governors and the local um, leadership because they know what they have, they know what they need. Now, to those governors and those local leadership don't be greedy and go in there and say, oh, I need 50,000 of these items when you only need 50, okay? If you need 50, ask for 100 for your stockpile as are asking for, but don't get crazy. Uh, it, uh, and I think that's what's happened a lot of times. There's things that they just went nuts, they stockpiled it, and aren't wanting to give it up. So be fair, be honest, be truthful, Be correct in what you need and what you ask for. All right. Another thing, we'll get into one more thing um, here before long after the the break and the message coming up. I'll give you my views on these current lockdown protests um, that are going on around the country in various states. So hang tight with us right after the break. We'll get into my views on that. Whether you arrive by land or water, there is no mistaking the beauty and serenity of Ditto Landing. Located on the picturesque Tennessee River at the southern edge of Huntsville, Alabama, this marina is nestled in lush greenery and surrounded by serene mountain foothills. Bass, brim, and catfish are plentiful in the sparkling waters for sailboats and yachts cruise side by side. Along with Water Recreation, Ditto Landing Place hosts many special events throughout the year. Located at 293 Ditto Landing Road, Southeast, in Huntsville, Alabama, stop by and see all there is at Ditto Landing, or give Brandy Quick and her folks a call at 256-882-1057, and they'll let you know what's going on in the most beautiful spot in North Alabama. All right, North Alabama, beautiful part of the country. It's where I live. It's where I call home. Come to Huntsville, visit Rocket City, see where we started the space program at, and see the beautiful countryside that's around us. All right, today has been reported over the weekend. We've had a lot of protests in Texas and Michigan and various other places around the country that we need to get back to work. And they are correct. We need to go back to work. Um, and I support these folks going out there, and we have that right to vote, uh, to voice our opinions and to express our dissatisfaction with our leadership and our government peacefully. And so far, it's been that way. Um, I haven't heard any reports of you know, violent actions taking, you know, taking place. Um, there's been some disgruntled members of government that don't agree with President Trump. Supporting the protesters. Well, to those folks, what I can tell them is he is doing nothing more, in my view, than supporting the American people in their right to peacefully protest and gather and express their disgruntled and dismay with the government operations. Now, can I say that the, that the coronavirus is, is bonked? No, I can't say that but I think we've been a little extreme and overzealous in some of the things that local governments, not the federal government, but the local governments have done. Some of them border on socialistic Nazism almost. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous that a man is out on a paddleboard in the middle of the cotton-picking ocean to have cops go out there and chase him down. Okay, what part of social distancing do you not understand? You know, he's definitely more than six feet away. And, and, and then a response that I had was, well, he was in an area that was closed. Um, The last I knew, the ocean wasn't closed. The beach was. He wasn't on the beach. He was in the water. But he was drug out of the water and arrested. That That's absolutely Stupid. Okay, that's ridiculous. Um, there's been reports of people being pulled over by law enforcement because they didn't have a mask on in their car. Are you kidding me? It's like being in my house. Are you going to come into my house and tell me I'm, I'm in violation because I don't have a mask on? I'm inside my car, which means I'm contained. Uh, the thing that really bothers me the most is the absolute audacity of some of these government officials finding people in a parking lot that are separated by the appropriate footage in their own vehicles for a worship service, okay? To me, that is a violation of another one of our rights, freedom of religion, okay? You know... The, the, what this brings to mind is groups like Stasi and Spetsnaz and you know, KGB and all these old Cold War groups that were communistic and socialistic and the whole bit. The black shirts of the Nazis, they did stupid things like this to their people using something that is extreme or dangerous. We need to do this to protect our country. Okay? It's not the president doing this. Okay? Not in in any point have we seen where the president said, somebody needed to go out and do this kind of ignorant things. It's been a mayor of a town or a governor or some political hack that decided they were going to exercise extreme jurisdiction over somebody. And impinge on their rights and their freedoms. Now, I'm sorry. Yeah, we've got a lot going on. We have a virus out there that is a a two-to-one spread. One person carries it and can give it to two. I get it. It's highly viral. It can be deadly. But good Lord, wake up. This is asinine. This is stupid. Now... People, educate yourselves out there. I say this every show. Educate yourselves. Don't let these people continue on with this kind of foolishness. You know, I don't care what party they belong to or what their good intentions are. Uh, to me, these aren't good intentions. These are greed for power. And they're using your police force who has not much else choice And there's been some sheriffs out there saying, hey, we're not doing that. There's been some police chiefs say, hey, we're not doing that. Kudos to them. By God, you got my support 100%. But these people who push it, these mayors and these councilmen and these governors or whatever's trying to push this mess, they need to go. Need to go away. This is not our country. This is not the way we work. Okay. Don't get me wrong, I'm not calling for an insurgency or anything like that. But educate yourself and stand your ground as an American citizen who has rights. They're guaranteed under this document that's called the Constitution. It has your Bill of Rights. Read it and learn. And get rid of these people that are trying to play crazy games with it. So, I thank you for listening to me. and. Yeah. It's, it's Monday, April 20th. It's been a long day, but it's been a great day. So everybody have a, a, a fine day, the rest of the evening. God bless you all, help you all, and God bless America. This has been a Valkyrie perfectionist podcast. It's copyright 2020. You can find us at View from Military dot com and write us at VFAMM twenty twenty at Gmail dot com. Thank you for joining us and join us again tomorrow for View from Military Mind Daily Views.